0: Help, I got a Mac podcast, episode number 88. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscratt. I'm Chris Biting. Today, we're going to talk about why you should have not installed that snow leopard thingy. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm still running it. I'm just kidding. We're going to talk about the reaction that the worldwide community, at least the tech podcasting community, is having about it. Yeah. And uh, we'll share some other things in this podcast, probably, like all this awesome audio feedback Oh, we got a we ton, have. man. Before we do that, though, what's going on? What how, What's going on in your world as it relates to Mac,
1: Chris? Uh, I'm still running Snow Leopard. Yeah, but but <laughs> I forgot about this. Um, yeah, if I, I want to record audio right now, I have to go into Windows. What? What'd you say? You heard me. If I have to record audio, I have to go into Windows. The reason is, is the microphone that I have currently, my Plantronics uh, Audio Five Hundred and Ten, which does a great job. Uh-huh. Um, the USB driver. For Snow Leopard apparently has some issues with that particular headset. Hmm. So about 15 seconds in the recording in GarageBand or Audacity or Logic, hmm. it starts getting crackly. Yeah. So I've been recording. Um, I actually downloaded a, a trial of uh, Adobe Audition and it was so complicated that I decided to go to Audacity because it does what I need to do. Yeah. And then I record it, send it out as an AIF, and then bring it back into the, the, the Mac and then process it. Do you still have the trial version of Adobe
0: Audition on there? Yeah. I could show you how to do the three things that you need to do and nothing else, and it would rock your world. I don't want to buy Audition. If I, can,
1: if I can do everything in Audacity for free. <laughs> Steven in the chat room out. says, Cliff, wipe that grin off your face. <laughs> yeah. This, it's, uh, yeah. It, yeah. There's, the, no, there's no fix right now. There, This,
0: my friends, is exactly why I say if it ain't broke. Now, what's funny is that people have
1: experienced the same thing with that particular headset. On earlier versions of ten point five, so right, I don't know. it's it's all about being the early adopter on
0: these upgrades that that I think can cause you a little problem. And, and we we did say, you know, if you use just the Apple products, you're not using a lot of third party software, you're probably going to be just fine, no big deal at all. But if your business or anything that you do <laughs> d- is is dependent upon you being able to use your computer like yeah. you normally think it should be then you may want to wait for at least a month
1: to upgrade to a new operating system. Yeah, this was an issue that no one was talking about. I'm the first one that posted a message in GarageBand's forums about that, so yep. yay me. Um, I mean, the, the alternative, let's say I didn't have Windows. Luckily, I did, and I already had it installed because I was playing games on my laptop. Right. Uh, I would probably load up something called um, Ubuntu Studio, uh-huh. which is you know has audio recording tools and, and things like that, and use that, but... Uh, yeah, I was yeah, I was pretty upset or just go buy a new mic because I know uh, the other mic that I use that I borrow from uh, my friends at Ample. It's a Samson SO3. It's a, got a preamp and stuff built into it. Um, it works just fine. Yeah. So so, so yeah, just, I could spend a hundred bucks and get a better mic anyway. So you're so
0: basically your upgrade to Snow Leopard would be a <laughs> hundred and twenty nine dollars. That's a standard Apple upgrade. Price, right? <laughs> I love how fanboys actually try to, <laughs> justify, to justify these things. Well, after our show, I learned about this website called SnowLeopard.Wiki.com. Talk about a weird domain, but it's Snow Leopard and then it's W I K I D O T dot com. And uh, I want to just name off a couple programs that really a lot of listeners that are listening to Help I Got a Mac will be using, especially a ton of listeners who use, uh, who listen to podcastanswerman.com who also listen to this will definitely be using. A, a lot of them would definitely be using, especially if they have a Mac, all right? So, so here are some of the programs that are not working in Snow Leopard, and you should know this. Photoshop Elements.
1: Yeah, it's probably because it's based off of CS2. Yeah. Which isn't compatible with Leopard right now. or so Snow like Leopard, it. exactly. So uh, if you use Photoshop Elements, do
0: not upgrade just yet. Carbonite for the Mac, which is an online backup storage. Wouldn't it stink if yeah. your your online backups quit working? Yep, it would. Yes. Now, here's one. This is a program that I do use personally. Cute FTP mm-hmm. does not work on Snow Leopard. Cyber Duck, I also have on my computer. Yeah. Does not work. Actually, here's the do- deal though. Uh, version 3.3 beta of Cyber Duck does work, but it's still a little buggy. Yeah. <laughs> so, one way or the other, Cyberduck is not functioning yeah, that's, that's properly. That's two FTP programs that don't work. That's so. two FTP programs craziness yeah we've talked about this product before disc inventory x oh yeah that's the one that shows you all your usage yes on your drive. exactly does not work in snow leopard uh that one's not a big deal that's more of a um, nerdy kind of yeah, hacky kind of yeah it's something crazy anyway however has anybody ever heard of this company um oh what's that called it, it starts with a g um i can't remember the name of this company google Th- yes <laughs> Anybody ever use Google? Well, if you've ever heard of Google Gears... that it lets you use uh, Gmail and Docs and stuff offline. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Does not work in Snow Leopard. (laughs) Nambu, which is a uh, desktop Twitter client for the Mac, does not work with Snow Leopard. Right. Get this. Parallels. Yeah, 3.0. 3.0 will work, but if you don't upgrade, which, again, not just $29 to upgrade plus the hundred dollars for your new headset so you can yeah. record audio right away but also the amount of money that it costs you to upgrade to 3.0 of 4.0 oh yes i'm sorry i have 4.0 yeah that's right 4.0 if you're using 3.0 of parallels it does not work you're gonna have to upgrade to 4.0 to use it with snow leopard yeah or, or use VirtualBox. box so can you guys hear the cha-ching cha-ching, cha-ching <laughs> happening with this upgrade all right well some
1: of these upgrades are gonna be free all right world of warcraft
0: yeah there's some slow down slowed down issues now i'm not a gamer but
1: i am (laughs) uh, (laughs) i'm playing world of war it it works uh it's a little hitchy in some spots uh the next patch is going to come out three two two i think is going to address that yeah they'll fix it then
0: and like i said 30 give it 30 days at least and that's when all this stuff things but you know early adopters you're going to run into some issues i i I was afraid now i'm going to skip the next two and then I'm going to go to, down to Xmarks, which is the add-on or plugin that you can use to synchronize your bookmarks between browsers. It does not work in Safari. So anyway,
1: yeah, the new there's a new version at the is released 1.3 that works now.
0: Oh, good. So that's good to hear.
1: Yeah, and and Stephen Cross in our uh, chat room brought up an in- interesting point. He said these applications that aren't Snow Leopard ready isn't this the developer's fault and not Apple's? What? And I tend to agree with him because developers have been able to get Snow Leopard for nine months plus. Yeah. Well, let me... let me, Okay, I will agree with you 100% on
0: whose fault it is. There is no question of whose fault. But whose problem is it that it's not working? That's fo- well? No, yeah. no, it's the end user right, who, who went ahead and upgraded at the very first stage yeah. in the process. And they're blaming Apple. Yeah,
1: it's like I'm not placing blame anywhere. Oh, I know. Well, I could place a little blame on Apple because they they didn't let the developers know when Snow Leopard is going to be out for the public until you found out from everybody else. You know, they got that final developer release, and then you know, like a month later, they said, "Oh, it's coming out at the end of." August and the developers never knew if the, the build that they had was the final build or not. They, they never found out. Why well, did not
0: know that? Well, then yeah. there's some blame there as well then. Yeah. But regardless of who you blame and this, is this goes back to what I said in last week's episode. It is simply this. If a new operating systems come out, don't be the person who buys it within the first 30 days and upgrades unless that system is not mission critical. If the system is mission critical you may want to hold off. Now, here's, now, of course, I very much despise recording audio into a computer. Um, I, I, I just won't do it anymore. I, I have a process that has never caused me to lose an audio recording except for when I physically delete it myself. <laughs> uh, but anyway, when I record audio, I record into a digital audio recorder instead of going into a computer. But there are a lot of people who use uh, Skype to record co-hosted podcasts, and they use programs such as WireTap WireTap Studio or WireTap Anywhere and those two programs don't work in Snow Leopard yeah. and that is mission critical for so many podcasts so that is what i wanted to share and 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 you can and of course i have no doubt that within 30 to 45 days that if we go through that entire list all of those programs will probably be fixed they'll have updated versions yeah. and stuff like that or you will have had to upgrade unfortunately cha-ching 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 yeah to the newest versions and they say oh, i'm sorry we've got a newer version unfortunately we only support that up to this level so anyway i'm not gonna say i was right but um
1: <laughs> i'm just glad that I didn't yeah uh, the whole audio thing for me really really upsets me but um
0: I mean, I'll work it, through it. I,
1: what what I really need to do is buy a, a Heil PR 40 and get like some kind of Firewire preamp or something. And then I know this guy. <laughs> I can't. I can't swing that much money. I just bought a laptop.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll give you a good buddy discount. <laughs> no, just, I'll get just take this one with me. There you go. <laughs> All right. So Stephen says these applications are not Snow Leopard ready. Oh, you already put that in there. Yes. <laughs> I, I wasn't reading ahead.
1: Read the show. No, I know.
0: All right, so we're going to uh we we had mentioned last week that we were going to take some listener feedback because we kind of I don't know what in the world was going through my head, but we went an entire episode without playing any audio feedback from our listeners.
1: Well, it was the day before Snow Leopard and then we were talking about our eyes got all glazed over when we started talking about screen flow. Oh yeah, we, which we have news about that. We'll come up with in a little bit. Yeah.
0: Actually, no, let's go ahead and say that now. Okay. I promise we will get to the voicemails though. <laughs> Tell us about snow leopard or, or uh, snow leopards. Tell us about ScreenFlow. What
1: happened there, Chris? Uh, well, the the people that make ScreenFlow, um, I almost forget their name. What uh, tech? It, yeah, TechSpan. No, no te- I would say TechSpanion too. Those yeah. guys are gone now. Uh, um,
2: goodness,
0: I can't think of their name. Hold on, hold on. Telestream. That's it. Telestream. Yes. Yeah.
1: Located in California, beautiful yep. Nevada City, California.
0: We 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 did if you
1: don't if you didn't hear we did a review. We did a review for their competitor. <laughs> we did a review for their competitor, and it ended up it became a, a a love fest for ScreenFlow. Exactly. Well, the folks at Telestream got a copy of of the podcast, and they sent it to the ScreenFlow developers, and uh, they were just really really pleased with what we said. And uh, full disclosure, they're going to give us um you know, the new 2.0 version, uh, Cliff and I, as, as you know, thank yous for uh, really praising the product and talking about it. You know, and when, like I said, I would have bought it anyway. So the fact that, uh, you know, yeah. they, they liked what we said and respected our uh, our uh, opinions of it, that, that makes me feel pretty good.
0: Yeah, and, and it definitely is is after the fact. We were not paid from them or by them or anything like that. They are not a sponsor of Help I Got a Mac, although... Folks, if you're listening out there at ScreenFlow or Telestream, uh, there are opportunities that could possibly be worked out. But anyway, seriously though, um, I I had let it slip that you know it's a $99 program. If it was $499, knowing what I know now, I'd pay it. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no. They they better not do that though. No. Keep it at $99. Yeah. Well, and I and I think that well well here's the thing. If it was $499 when I When I was looking at it, I would not have bought it. So it's at that perfect price point. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is definitely at the perfect price point uh, for what it's doing. All right, so let's move on. And uh, we have a looks like a question or something from Chris K. And here's what Chris had to say. Hey, guys, this is Chris K. And I have a question about saving passwords in Safari. If you go to a website and select the option to never remember a password, is there a way to go back and reset that so you can't remember the password? Thank you.
1: All right. Is there a way to do that? Yeah, I'm looking right now. Um, let see. Preferences, appearance, security.
0: So basically, and just so, while you're looking that up, the, the thing is is that occasionally, and of course I do not use Safari myself, I use Firefox, uh, but in these browsers you have the option that says, do you want us to remember this, pod, uh, this password for future reference? And he actually chose never remember this password. And uh, so Chris is looking right now to see if there's a setting where you can go in and refresh that.
1: I think it is... In Keychain Access, okay. I'm looking right now in Keychain.
0: Alrighty. And while he's continuing to look that up, I just want to set the the next few calls up. And in fact, we have three calls back to back from our great friend Frank. And uh, coming up, we're gonna do. He's gonna have a call about the iPhone tethering application. Uh, He's got a question about selling his old 3GS. Uh, Or 3G to get a 3GS. Um, Some questions about some rumors he's heard,
1: some jailbreaking questions, and an application that he really, really likes. Okay. Uh, Yeah, on uh, macOS10hints.com, there is a uh, uh, a forum post called Unsetting the Never Remember Password in Safari. And uh, if you go to Safari, Preferences, Autofill, there's a section in Autofill where you can edit that and decide if you want to remove that or not
0: very cool so there you go chris hopefully that helps you out and uh let us know all right going to our first call from frank here uh get used to frank because he's called in quite a bit recently and i just love the fact that we're getting these questions in so frank i just want to thank you in advance and here's his first call
2: uh, cliff and chris fighting this
3: is frank from connecticut calling for help i got a mac two things one i just want to let you guys know that i downloaded a while ago that supposed download from that supposed alleged website that, that might not allow somebody to possibly not tether their iPhone to their computer. And, of course, it's been working. And I've been delaying downloading the latest iPhone upgrade because you guys you guys said that it would wipe out that um, tethering ability. And I finally did. I finally upgraded um, to put it in 3.01 or 3.1 or whatever it is. Anyway, I'm still able to tether, and I've tethered several times since then. So, I don't know what that means. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll get my AT&T bill and it will be a million dollars, but I can't imagine that would happen. So, I'll keep you posted, but it's working. Secondly, I have a question I need your opinion on. I have um, an, um, an iPhone, uh, <coughs> a 3G, Um And I am thinking of upgrading to the 3GS. My contract is up, so I would get. I believe my contract, um, my my, um, iPhone contract from AT&T expired um, two or three weeks ago, or whatever. So I think I could get the lowest price. Right? That's question one for the new uh, 3GS. Um, What is that newest price? I don't even know. I don't totally understand that part. Secondly, can't I then sell my iPhone 3G on eBay or somewhere? And don't you think I'll be able to get more for my iPhone 3G than it's going to cost me to buy the iPhone 3GS? And finally, and I'm sorry to bombard you guys with all these questions, I have heard issues about the 3GS's overheating, getting really hot. I'm not talking about the ones that are exploding in Denmark. I'm talking about the one that, that people have said. I've heard that the iPhone 3GS gets, gets very, very hot, especially when playing videos or, or recording videos. I don't know what you've heard about that. So if you could take them, you know, a half an hour or an hour and answer all of my questions, boy, I'd really appreciate it. And anyway, just kidding, but, but appreciate your answers and your help. Love your show. Listen to it every week, often. Talk to you soon. Thanks very much. Bye.
0: All right, Frank, we're going to try to tackle these for you, my friend. First of all, is t- uh, he says the iPhone tethering may possibly still be working even after the latest software update on the iPhone. And Chris, you know, I think that uh, I may have noticed that things didn't change too much in my settings panel under networking when I upgraded to the latest iPhone version.
1: Yeah, I restored mine from a jailbreak, okay. and it's gone. Is it? Oh, so, yeah.
0: But I wonder, could you, have you tried to go and reinstall? No. Theoretically? No. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, which, which jailbreaking, we'll hold off until uh, uh, the next call here. But the question is, what's the new price for the 3GS? Well, if you're not bound to a current contract and you're coming in, it's uh, 199 for the 16 gig. And is it 249 for the the thirty two or is it two ninety nine two ninety nine for the thirty two gig uh so very decent prices and your question can you sell the three g for the same money or more very likely
1: yeah, I'm seeing them going for anywhere between two seventy five to four hundred depending on the quality and size, yeah, so you may actually make more money. Hear the selling, the old one. Here's the thing, though. You have to be at 18 months in your contract with your 3G before you can get those prices. If yeah. not, you have to pay like five and $600.
0: Which, I mean, 18. if you got in early, you should be coming up on 18 months here soon, right? Yes. So that's that's good to hear. And I am trying to do my best and my darndest to wait until the next iPhone in, in June of next year if they're going to make another one. Yeah. um because you know if that's the case i i'd I like to have the latest and the greatest rather than trying to upgrade now and then being stuck for a whole another year after that so i agree or 18 months anyway uh but yeah you for you if you're if you're eligible for that newest pricing then you can sell that 3g probably make some money in the deal uh and then, of course, does the 3GS overheat? My wife has a 3GS. does don't think so. It's not overheating at all. I haven't, no. I've recorded videos with hers, and I've played videos on hers, and it doesn't seem to be overheating. Yeah. It could be an isolated instant. Yep. Yep. And so if you have a 3GS and it's overheating, uh, take it in and, and maybe have them swap it out. So, all right. Anyway, hopefully that answers all those questions. Let's move on to Frank's next call, and this is uh, a question about jailbreaking.
3: Hi, this is Frank from Connecticut. I'm sorry, I've got one more question for Help I Got a Mac. I've got a question for you guys, uh, and bear this in mind. Help I Got a Mac, I know, started off as a show for people that just got Macs, and of course, it's also for those of us that are more advanced. So, if my question sounds dumb, understand that I just got a Mac.
0: All right, Frank, thank you very much. And we'll break this down. And first of all, let's determine what is jailbreaking, what is unlocking. Let's start with unlocking. I know he didn't ask, but that that sometimes people confuse those as being the same thing.
1: Well, all unlocks are jailbroken, but not all jailbroken ones are unlocked. Let's okay, so first what, establish that. All right, what's an unlock? An unlock allows you to use any SIM, um, AT&T, T-Mobile, uh, some of the smaller carriers, like in Cincinnati here, we have Cincinnati Bell Wireless. Uh, they're all uh, they all use this thing called a SIM chip, which stores the account information of a phone. You know what network's it on, vice versa. A lot of times, those are all um, locked. The phone is locked into a particular company's SIM chip. Unlocking it allows you to put any SIM chip in. So if I'm on the iPhone and I want to switch from AT and T to T Mobile, I put it in the new chip. If I want to switch to Cincinnati Bell, I put in a new chip. Um. Unlocking allows you to put in any chip you want, so. All right,
0: so basically just unlocking your phone. Now, unlocking is a little bit more risky and requires a lot more to do with the internal settings of your phone. Unlocking will void your warranty. And it will void your warranty. And and there's, from what I understand, there's no way to go back to the original.
1: No, you forever change the phone.
0: Exactly, and so... Uh you pretty much you ha- you will be an illegitimate child of 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 somebody else and Steve Jobs will no longer call you his son. Yes. Exactly. Now unlaw uh jailbreaking is something completely different. Yet Apple will tell you it's illegal.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not. But you know, that's that's left to be interpreted. Uh jailbreaking um allows you to run non-Apple. Signed digitally approved applications on your phone. That's right. So basically, right now, uh, with a with a non
0: jailbroken phone, the only applications you can purchase, download, and run on your iPhone are ones that you get from the Apple App Store. Right. And there is a jailbroken community out there which has a uh, th- that has several different options for you. But one of the most populars these days is it's called Cydia. Which is an app store for the jailbroken community. And you can actually browse from your phone these applications. And in fact, the GSPN.TV application is in the CDS store. Yeah. And back months before Apple finally got around to approving version one of the GSPN.TV iPhone application. Uh, it was available to the jailbroken community.
1: That's what we're seeing. A lot of the apps that are getting poo-pooed by Apple, you know, pulled for un- unusual reasons, are showing up in the jailbreak scene. Like generally for free, there is a jailbreak uh, marketplace. Just yeah. kind of, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. there are
0: a lot, if these developers are out there creating and actually putting tons of money into the development of a of an application that you and I would spend fifty bucks for but Apple won't sell it to us, I yeah. think they should still be able to sell that as oh, yeah. as, a, as like, a
1: viable software. Like Android, you can, you can download Android software from someone's own website if they make the software. They don't, it doesn't have to be in the Android marketplace. So basically, jailbreaking allows you to run things that aren't going to be approved by Apple. Uh, good example, uh, the Quick application uh, for the iPhone 3G allows you to take video and broadcast it live on the Internet. The iPhone 3G doesn't do video but it can record video. It can. It's not real. It's not as nice, obviously, as recording with the 3GS. The camera's not as good. But, yeah, it, it allows you to do things at the phone that Apple doesn't want you to be able to do with the phone. Yeah, the quick application that's available for the 3GS,
0: which is out there by right now, uh, I just saw it the other day, you download it onto your iPhone 3G like I have, and it says, I'm sorry, you're, you're a second class citizen. Uh, you do not have the 3GS. You are not permitted to use this application uh, to record video or to stream video. Now, I will tell you that for a, probably for a course, the course of about two weeks, I had a jailbroken 3G. My, my phone was jailbroken, and I was running quick, and it worked perfectly. Yeah, it works great. Works perfectly. And so it's like, you know, why can't I do this? It just makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah.
1: And it, like, you know how the the well, when you first turn your iPhone on, there's that screen where it shows the time and it says slide to unlock. There's a lot of wasted space on that screen. You know, have mm-hmm. your wallpaper. Big deal. Um, there's applications that let you put information on that lock screen. You could put your calendar. You can put uh, any SMS messages that you haven't checked yet. You can put email that you haven't checked yet on there. And, uh, weather and that uh, that's the one thing that I really really love about a jailbroken phone is putting that lock screen information on there. Uh, the thing with jailbreaking though you got to be careful. It's been known to make your battery life last a little shorter. Yeah because normal. it's its doing
0: things that Apple won't allow you to do because Apple is afraid that it'll drain your battery. Exactly. Uh,
1: now there is a program called Backgrounder which is awesome. Uh, I like to listen to Pandora and Slacker radio on my phone and If I'm in my car and I'm listening to it and an email comes in, you know, and I'm not driving, but I'm like at a stoplight or something, I have to stop Slacker, check my email, and then start Slacker back up. And it takes a while to start back up. With a jailbroken phone, I can enable something called using something called Backgrounder. I click and hold the home button, and all of a sudden, Slacker's running in the background. Then I can go do everything on my phone that I would do normally while Slacker's still playing music. Then I can go back to Slacker and turn off the background process, and then just continue to use the phone normally. Yeah, and it's awesome.
0: So the question is, how hard is it to jailbreak your phone? It's
1: not hard at all.
0: It's it's fairly easy. Now, when I say that, it's it's it's. I'll tell you what. It's it's super easy for Chris. It's super easy for Cliff. There's no question. It's 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 super easy. Now, if you're a little intimidated by downloading some software and following some instructions that you do have. I mean, there's there's a little bit of a timing issue and and all these other different things that you have to do with things in a certain sequence. If that flips you out and all of a sudden you're afraid you're going to do something wrong and you could get yourself into a situation where your phone's in limbo. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually had my phone in limbo. Now, it can come out of limbo, but I will tell you, if you're not just a naturally tech person, that can be a very frightening circumstance and you might think your phone's hosed and now you're afraid to take it into Apple or you're afraid to do that. So when we say that it's easy, please understand it it's not difficult, but it's not a no-brainer thing either. Right. And so the now as far as how hard is it? It's it's not hard. But with that being said, let's take a look at something very important here. You're talking to, some, I'm, I'm somebody talking right now who had in the past jailbroken their phone who no longer has a jailbroken phone. Mm-hmm. On the opposite side of this table, there is a person sitting behind the microphone named Chris Biting Me? who has had his iPhone jailbroken on multiple occasions yep. who does not currently have a jailbroken phone. Yep. So the question I would ask is,
1: why is that, Chris? I don't know. Uh well I updated to 3.0.1 and a lot of times when the when, when a new software update comes out they don't have a jailbreak a jailbreak for it so you restore your phone and you know me I've got to have the latest and greatest software on whatever device I have clearly and uh if that comes at the expense of jailbreaking you know so be it right so here's the question though so I just you- haven't done it again just because I'm lazy right but <laughs>
0: well, no I'm not, I'm not like saying right see i was that's what i was gonna right chris, chris is lazy, is lazy. <laughs> hence the title for the episode no, <laughs> no seriously um the question is okay so let's just say you doubt you jailbreak your phone yeah you install all these totally awesome customizations you you actually just push the button And you don't have to unlock the screen. You're able to see the next three appointments that you have lined up for the day. And you're able to see that there's zero messages in your inbox. And you're able to see that, you know... It's going to rain today. Exactly. It's going to rain today. Grab your umbrella. You didn't even have to unlock your phone. It's totally awesome. You spent matter of fact when you unlock the phone you've got the most awesome color coordination you've <laughs> I actually, <have> that anyway <laughs> you you've got the cool background you got a cool, background you've got, a cool background you've got five little springboard things down at the bottom instead you have five of five icons instead of four you yeah. got five icons down yeah. there you have you've literally spent four to ten hours of your life modifying your phone just the way you want it yeah Life could not be more grand, and then all of a sudden, copy and paste is included in the next software release. I'm one so of those people, go-
1: I'm not that invested. I'll just be like, forget it. I'll just I'll do it again. So well, and the thi- that's the
0: thing you go and you update to the most recent version brought down by Apple. Yep. It un it undoes your unlocked phone or your un your jailbroken phone. Right. And then all of a sudden, now if you want to re jailbreak. You've got to start over from scratch. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And if you're... Especially, and you talked about the fact that you can buy some jailbroken apps. Yeah. What What about those purchased those, jailbroken apps? Now, I'm sure that there's a way around that. And yeah, they, they, they
1: tied that all to your NEMI number and stuff.
0: But still, do you see the front... The, and this
1: is why oh, it's,
0: it's, I don't jailbreak my phone When it anymore. comes
1: down to it now with the App Store... For ninety nine percent of the people, it's going to be more hassle than it's worth to jailbreak your phone.
0: I that's what I'm saying. It's and now what does it break? There is some there is some possibility that you're gonna and of course the, one of the reasons I didn't actually unjailbreak my phone because uh, of a new software update from Apple. I unjailbroke my phone because I was playing around with some risky software that was way beyond what I should be playing. I mean, I was looking for an FTP program that would allow me to FTP right into the the guts of the system, <laughs> and uh, I, I went in, and, and it just basically locked up my phone. And I thought it was hosed, and I was able to get out of it, but it wasn't without a little bit of fear and trembling inside. Yeah. So with all that, Frank, that's jailbreaking in a nutshell. I don't suggest it for anybody. Although, you know, I'll tell you what, I know a lot of people out there are getting tired of me saying this, but. You know, I'm really pulling for Google Android to come out with some really awesome stuff. And, you know, perhaps when it comes to June of next year and I, and if there's no new iPhone out and there's version 3.0 of Google Android and some really cool handsets, I I may be tempted to change, to switch. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so moving right along, we need to, let's do uh, Frank's call on his Text Later app.
3: Hi, this is Frank from Connecticut. I'm sorry, I've got one more question for Help I Got a Mac. I've got a question for you guys. Uh, And bear this in mind, Help I Got a Mac, I know, started off as a show for people that just got Macs. And of course, it's also for those of us that are more advanced. So if my question sounds dumb understand that I just got a Mac maybe five years ago. I used to be a PC guy. I got a Mac about five years ago, and my iPhone, I got it when it came out, and I oh, it. You know
0: but- what? <laughs> That's the message I played before. <laughs> Hi, Cliff. It's Sorry. Frank
3: calling from the Northeast, United States of America. Um, I want to tell you about an app that I really like. It's, it's been out for a while, but it's called Text Later,
2: T-E-X-T
3: Later, and I, it's either free or 99 cents. I can't remember, but you can send yourself or anyone else a text and have it arrive later. So you could schedule it to arrive this evening at 5 p.m. You can schedule it to arrive next Thursday at 5 in the morning. You could schedule it to arrive next year on January 6th at 2.17 p.m. or whatever. Um, I find it very helpful as a reminder for things that I want. Um, like if right now I'm thinking, oh, i got to remember this afternoon to do this. I can send myself a text, and it will arrive at 2 o'clock. Um, I know there are other apps that do those things, and there are other iPhone things. I think you can do that through iCal and other, other things, like a, set up a reminder. But this just is another it's a quick way to do it, um, and I really like it. So I just wanted to recommend that if you don't have it or if others don't have it. Secondly, I, I, I'm sure the last thing you're thinking of right now or our new uh, podcast to come up with I was just thinking, one thing that you could do so much better than any others out there that are trying to do it is to do a show just about apps for the iPhone. You and Chris Biting or you and one of your other uh, co-hosts, you know, reviewing current apps, reviewing new apps, uh, reviewing apps you like, apps you don't like. Just a thought, just a thought. Anyway, keep up the great work. Love all your
2: shows. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: All right, Frank, thank you so much, and uh, as far as a new show, it's funny you should say that, uh, but I'm actually always looking for new shows to start <laughs> here. The app, you know, app review would not be one of them. I think that's something I would just always incorporate and in Help, I Got a Mac. Everything Apple Mac related would go into this show, and I think that, you know, having an app of the week or a review of some apps is something that's become a part of what we do in the show anyway, so um but i appreciate that as a as a option and i'll get to your uh, thing about the app that you talked about in just a second but i do want to mention we do have a brand new show that just launched this morning uh here at gspn.tv i was asleep while you were recording it i know <laughs> actually no i wasn't i was up at six because i was talking to you. you were you actually were chatting with me in the room i was so tired Anyway, we started a new show. That we're recording it live every Thursday morning at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time. It is called Business Tech Weekly. And it's basically for anybody who has a business or involved in business who wants to uh, learn how to use tools made available on the Internet and through technology that makes your life more easy, pr- more productive, and all that stuff, uh, we
1: are there to talk about it. So, Yep, I'll have to call in for feedback for because I've already got an app. Excellent. Two apps. Awesome. Love it. One's an app in the
0: cloud. Awesome. I like cloud stuff. Me too. So anyway, we're going to be talking about all kinds of business technology. It's called Business Tech Weekly. Uh, As I'm recording this live, if you go to businesstechweekly.com, it's not there. But if you're listening to this in the pot, actually, no, this is going out today. So um, within the next seven days, businesstechweekly.com will take you there. So... Anyway, going back to Text Leda, have you ever used that application, Chris? I haven't. Have you? I have not, but I did look it up. I think it's like a ninety-nine cents or $1.99, like you said. It's very inexpensive. But let me tell you what I do use. I use Google Calendar, my friends, and I set my SMS or my phone is connected to my Google or Calendar. And I go in and set up an appointment, and this is what I love. I I'll set up a consulting call for three o'clock in the afternoon. And they have an option to put it, you're allowed to put up to five reminders per each calendar item. And so this is what I do by default. If I have a consulting call scheduled for 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, uh, number one, the very first thing it says is email. And I've set it to 10 hours before. And so that means when I wake up in the morning, in my email inbox is a reminder that says, hey, today you've got an appointment, don't forget. And then I do this. I set a, I set it to send me an SMS reminder mm-hmm. five
1: minutes before, ten minutes before, fifteen minutes before, and sixty minutes before. Yeah. See, I, I forgot to set an appointment to call my mom yesterday, and I completely forgot. Yeah. So I set it in Google Calendar to uh, remind me at ten fifteen to call her this morning. There you go. Did but it, see? It, I don't know. It, oh, you, it will. But did you send it to SMS? No. Uh, I have. Uh, sync Google, Google sync set up yes. on my phone so the phone will just the calendaring system and the phone will remind me yeah I, I mainly use Google Calendar as, as a conduit between my phone and iCal because I, I like iCal I know you do i weird I hate but, iCal but I use Google calendar too and what's cool is the syncing between all of them regardless of where I put in the appointment either on my phone or in in gcal or on iCal it's going to be at all three of those places Right, and generally within like ten seconds of me doing it. Right, so, and I have a lot of people that send me uh, meeting requests through Google Calendar, and that's why I, I use that. I actually switched away from that to Mobile Me, and hated the calendar. It kept messing up my time zones, so I switched back to Google. Now I am um, drinking the Google juice again, and it's the Google juice. And I the new uh, Snow Leopard, uh, the new Snow Leopard, uh, you can it's basically one touch sync uh, between. Uh, iCal and, and Google Calendar to set that up. You just put in your username and password, hit a button, and it's done. Well, in fact, it's, it's funny you should mention that and the ease of
0: use of setting up Google products with uh, with Snow Leopard. And uh, we got a call from Justin about just such things. Oh, wrong one. There we go.
4: Hey, Cliff. Justin Kaiser at uh, com just calling for help. I got a Mac uh, a couple of months ago. Back in April, I think it was, picked up these uh, two Mac minis and they work great. I just want to let you know that I installed uh, OSX uh, Snow Leopard today, uh, on Saturday, picked it up from Mac Mall for $24.95, $5 uh, savings. Didn't have to drive to Chicago to the Apple store to get it. And uh, I went and did a clean install on uh, on this mini. It was simple, very simple, 30 minutes, it was done some uh, quick configurations, downloaded the driver for my EMU audio card, and I was up and running within 35 minutes start to finish. It was simple. Uh, I used the Mac for email, video, uh, photo editing, and uh, the one thing that's kind of kept me away from moving entirely to Mac has been Adobe Audition and uh, Exchange Server, uh, Microsoft Outlook specifically. Well, with the new Snow Leopard, mail is uh, exchange-ready, and it took me, I love this, took me 90 seconds to install an exchange account and three Gmail accounts. 90 seconds total. It's pretty awesome. Try doing that with Outlook. <laughs> exactly. Just something to think about. Uh, everything is good. Uh, the, the webcam was up and running. It's uh, actually a Logitech uh, webcam made for... Uh, Windows box, it was up and running. Still have that annoyed flip video signal. I think I have to, I can't remember what I used to fix that. I think it was an app called Eyeglasses. And uh, Time Machine is up and and doing its thing, backing up. Everything is great. Uh, Check out Snow Leopard. I think it rocks so far. Two hours into it, just kind of messing around with it. Love the show, Cliff. Thanks. Have a great afternoon. Check us out at creativeidentitygroup.com.
1: You got a plug in there.
0: I love the plugs. That's fine. That's good. It's all good. Thanks for the content. Yeah,
1: it is so cool that uh, Snow Leopard supports Exchange like natively. The whole operating system does. It's pretty neat.
0: Yeah, that's that's I, that's I the first I had heard about and that. I used to
1: administer, administer. I don't know anything about Exchange, but that's cool. <laughs> I, I used to uh, run an Exchange server, and it was a pain in the butt. Does that the, allow you to do push? Yeah. Does to, it? Yeah. To, to set that up. Uh, with with clients I mean, it's just it was just weird to set up and the mm-hmm. fact that you can just put in your username password and the max like you know what I, I got this it's all good gotcha that's pretty awesome
0: Alrighty, uh what would you guys recommend for online backups of iPhoto well not Carbonite <laughs> because Carbonite
1: don't work right now it will though uh i will i would ultimately rem- uh, recommend uh Carbonite you can also if you were i believe this is going to sound funny when i recommend this um, if your iPhoto is less than 25 gigs, you can upload it to SkyDrive from Microsoft. Okay. And they also have a program called Windows Live or Live Mesh that'll do the same thing. It's broken right now with, with Snow Leopard. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, uh, Carbonite will back up everything. Uh, when they get the software update but yeah
0: jeremy likes mozy dot com. i don't use mozy
1: for one reason why their spokesperson
0: i don't know who that is i justine oh i like justine she's all right we won't talk about that though i know you anyway (laughs) but yeah mozy.com and and i'm sure that there are a lot of other options out there as well so thanks for that question from the chat room all right, moving along. Um, John has a question about a theory he had heard on MacBreak Weekly. Here's what John had to say.
2: Hey, Cliff. Hey, Chris. This is uh, John from Houston. I'm calling for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. Hey, I have a question for you. I was listening to MacBreak Weekly the other day, and I'm sure, Cliff, you probably listened to this episode where um, Andy and I was talking about his kind of, kind of theory that he had behind the fact that the reason why um, uh, Apple's trying to, you know, with the release of ever trying to condense the um, the bite size of how much, you know, how much it takes to, you know, actually run this operating system. And he had he had the uh, kind of theory that they were moving towards, you know, something that's kind of in between the iPhone and uh, your your MacBook, um, kind of, you know, pretty much in the tablet direction. Do you think at this point that, you know, that's kind of why Snow Leopard was was put on uh, you know, it's starting to get a little bit smaller to run. Something is, you know, it's supposed to be an upgrade? Do you think that's why the uh or do you think that, you know, that the uh, you know, kind of the netbook type of tablet PC thing that we're or not P C but you know, tablet is kind of where we're we're definitely going. Uh next in the the Apple uh Adventure, uh, just just a, just a question to ponder for the show today. Anyway, uh, thanks
0: and have a great day. Bye. John, thank you so much for your call. Um, I apologize, I'm laughing because I had no idea what was going on in the chat room, but I just thought I'd throw in some stuff. There. Random numbers is that what is that what that was about? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, to get back to your call, though, uh, the theory about the fact that, you know, of course, you know, Snow Leopard, when you install it, all of a sudden it frees up seven more gigs or six more gigs of space.
1: Oh, I want to talk about that for a second.
0: So the. OK. And so the theory that Andy Anaco had said is that he believes that it might be because they're coming out with some newer computer platform that may require. That the operating system be slimmer and and allowing more space on the drive could be. All right. So what what do you want to talk about? The saving space. There's a reason why people got
1: so much space back. Why? Well, there's two reasons. One, they stripped it all out of the old legacy Power PC stuff, which we already knew. Okay. The other reason is that drive drive space on Windows and on Mac. You know how when you buy a 250 gig hard drive, you hook it up and it says you have a hundred or 200 and, 30-some-odd gigs free, right? Yeah. Where did that space go? Right. Well, the way that these systems saw the drives were something called base 2. Okay. And it's the the, the way it counted the bytes in a certain way. Right. Well, now the, the Mac counts the drive at, at base 10. This is like super nerd math stuff. I don't even understand it. So it actually counts the drive as its real size and can use it. So when you plug in a 250-gig drive, it sees it at 249.8 nine six or something you yeah know, you're always going to lose a couple of little bits but that's why people are getting a lot of their space back because it's it's reading the drive as its true size at the same size that the hard drive manufacturers are reading it at that's that's pretty funny it's kind of nerdy but.
0: so there you go uh now as far as this theory I, it does compression too yeah i the, as far as the theory that andy i i did listen to mac Break Weekly quickly this week uh which by the way the episode title is snow job uh, yet another term of endurance that has been given to this upgrade of <laughs> Leopard.
1: Yeah. Uh, Poor also, Leo's all all hot and bothered about I,
0: it. I tell you what, I I loved it, actually. It was the first time I saw Leo stand up to the fanboy community, uh, which was interesting because I, I know that Leo likes Max. He's 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 kind of like me. He likes Max. He, he, he sees their value. But, man, some people are just blinded to the fact that Steve Jobs is not the the second coming you know i mean come on seriously (sighs) i know (laughs) so anyway the thing is though is that some people are calling it snow job the other people are calling it leopard version uh you know or service pack two uh and and stuff like that it does it should have just been incremental but regardless of what you think i do not believe that the theory that indianako gave uh, is that they're thinking about you know creating these smaller computers? With that being said, to answer your question about a tablet, I have no doubt in my mind that we'll be seeing a tablet within the next twelve months. Uh, maybe even much sooner than that. But while I have no doubt in my mind that we will be seeing tablet computer from Apple, I'm not sure that it'll be running Snow Leopard. Yeah, I'm.
1: I'm, I'm thinking it's going to run a modified Touch OS which yeah. is based off of leopard but right you know who knows yeah i i think it'll be a i think it'll be it'll
0: be more closely resembling the the iphone software than than the mac os x software that we're used to on our computers agree but uh, very interesting theory, although I'm just not sure that seven gigs of savings is really all that significant in the long run anyway. Even if you're thinking about going to all flash based drives, flash based drives are still getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. righty? Message to Apple fanboys and girls from at, J- at Jason Calacanis. Hmm. I don't know if I should clip that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah, we will just let that go for now. And those of you in the chat room can enjoy. Uh, So that is pretty much it. I do want to tell you guys about an application that I have uh, purchased. It is called Boxcar Push for Twitter. Have you heard about this? No. Boxcar, B-O-X-C-A-R. Search for it in the iTunes store. Buy it. Purchase it. I actually turned off my IM Plus application. Uh, for, for the time being, I, I noticed that I wasn't really using instant messaging all that much after all. Yeah, it's kind of a waste of $10. But, um, actually it's only four ninety nine now, just so you know. Of course it is. Uh, but anyway, um, I was, I did like it for Twitter, but Boxcar, uh, does Twitter and Twitter only, and it is pretty nifty. Though what it does is it allows you to receive push notifications whenever somebody sends you an at reply or a direct message, and you can turn it, you don't have to hear, you don't have to receive both. Which I believe in IM Plus, I had to receive both direct messages and at replies, but in Boxcar, I was able to set it to not send me direct messages because I already get those via SMS message. But now, every time somebody sends me an at reply. I do get a boxcar notification via Push, which is very cool. In fact, I've received lots of them since we've been recording this show. And not only that, but there is also a version that is pending approval, which I doubt anything's ever going to get approved that might possibly be cool from the Apple Store. Uh, But it's going to... Remember the track functionality, Chris? When you used to be able to do tracking via on Twitter via SMS? Yes. So what that would allow you to do is say, hey, anytime somebody says this word, send me a message. Yeah. Ver- the next version of Boxcar that's already been designed and submitted for authorization will allow you to get an, a push notification on any
1: search term, which I think is amazing. So that's It looks, that's looks that's like Boxcar. you can also... Boxcar is $3, Yep. And you can also have it, it comes with Twitter for for two ninety nine. Yep. And then if you want to do notifications on your Gmail or on Facebook, those are an additional 99 cents apiece, which is cool, but, uh, it, but it pushes it, the app to the $5 range. And But still, it's I, I think it'd still be worth
0: it to get push notifications of your Gmail even. The only issue is that that's all in the next version, which yeah. is not yet available.
1: Now, if it did push notifications of SMS message, messages for Google Voice dude done and bought but yeah yeah it probably, probably won't because apple won't let it that happen because no. yeah cuz apple is not cool right i tell you what man it's this kind of stuff that makes me look at that android phone and go that's, what that's what pretty I'm cool yeah 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 of course then i have i have like 300 dollars worth of apps on my phone yeah i'm yeah. kind of locked in 300 dollars worth of apps that's pretty sad man
0: oh goodness well, folks, that's our show for this week. There's actually still more in the show notes, but we'll carry on until next week. Uh, we'll we'll bring that on. Uh, Sabrina wrote in about buying a Mac from the U.S. Sabrina, we'll get to your your email next week. Uh, qu- I had a question about Zooming, uh, and we'll talk about that next week. Uh, I want to ask: is there is there going to be a Google Voice application made by uh, made for the web? I kept hearing people say, you know, hey, they've been turned down in the app store, but they're going to just make a, a web app. Well, the official word is
1: they haven't been turned down. It's still under review.
0: Yeah, but I still want to see the web app anyway. Yeah. So does anybody have any information on the web app? Let us know. You can give us a call on our voicemail hotline, area code 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. And, of course, you can find Chris online over at biting.org, B-E-I-T-I-N-G. If you need a video tutorial, a screencast video for your business, Chris is the man to call. In fact, he is looking for some new work right now. I, I think he's got a couple projects underway, but... He'll make, I'm always
1: looking for new work.
0: He'll make room for you, and it's my prayer that he'll be so busy doing this stuff, he'll not have, he will will never have time again to go out and look for a job from one of those <laughs> company people.
1: Never work a Monday again, my friend.
0: There you go. Anyway, so uh, B-E-I-T-I-N-G. You can also find Chris over at uh, Twitter.com slash Biting. And uh, if you haven't done so already, follow me over at Twitter.com slash G-S-P-N. If you would like to learn how to create a podcast uh, and get some equipment for your podcast, improve your sound, anything related to podcasting, head over to podcastanswerman.com. And uh, we want to say a very special thank you to our gspn.tv plus members. You guys make this world here go around. And uh, the community uh, owes you a debt of gratitude for your continued support of this content and this community. We appreciate you, and that's why this episode is going out to our Plus members only. And uh, we just want to say thanks. Thank you. Anyway, we'll be back next week. I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about then, but I'm sure we'll have plenty to say. And hopefully your voicemails as well. And by the way, if you do have that iPhone, go ahead and fire up that uh, little icon that has the microphone on it. It's called the Voice Memo app. Click Start. Record your message. Click Stop. and There's a little button for you to share. You can email that right from the application to feedback at gspn.tv. Until next week, everybody, thank you for being a part of the community. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. See
1: you.